podcast from the Care Quality Commission. The world of health and social care is changing, so are we. COVID-19 has made services think differently, and we are no exception. We want to make changes for more flexible and responsive regulation. At the start of the year, we consulted on our new strategy and changes that will enable us to deal with ongoing challenges from the pandemic. Now we are launching our new strategy, which will move us towards our ambition of being a more dynamic, proportionate and flexible regulator. My name is Amy Key, Head of Provider Engagement here at CQC, and I'm joined today by three guests to talk about our new strategy and how we'll be implementing it. I'll kick us off by asking my guests to introduce themselves and tell us a bit about their role at CQC. Sarah, can I start with you? Sure. Hi, Amy. I'm Sarah Bickerstaff and I'm the Director of Policy and Strategy at CQC. So my teams have worked with others across the organisation on developing this strategy and are now thinking about how we develop our policy frameworks and our ways of working to deliver it. Great. Thank you, Sarah. Chris. Hi, I'm Chris Day, Director of Engagement at CQC. Uh, my teams work with um, people who use services, with providers, with parliamentarians and governments and other stakeholders to help make sure we can deliver our, our ambition of being a successful regulator that improves the quality of care. Thanks, Chris. And Amanda? Hi, I'm Amanda Hutchinson and I'm the Head of Policy for Regulatory Change. And my role is about developing some of the policy framework and methodology changes that we need to make to implement strategy. Brilliant. Thanks, everyone. So this is a really exciting week for us as we launch our new five year strategy. Sarah, could you talk to us about the main strategic ambitions we're hoping to deliver through this strategy? Yeah, sure. So as you said at the start, Amy, that the world is is changing um, the health and care system is changing. And so for, for us at, at the regulator, our purpose is not changing, but we know we need to do things differently to continue delivering it in this, in this landscape. So it's really about reinvigorating our core purpose so that we're remaining relevant, maintaining the trust and confidence of, uh, of the public providers and, and our partners that we work with. Um, with, the, with the overall ambition of, of driving positive change in the health and care system. So we've set out in our in our strategy four areas that we're really going to focus on to, to do this. Um, so firstly, people and communities. So we really want to make sure that our regulation is driven by people's needs and experience and that what we're focusing on as the regulator is what's important to people and communities. That's when they access services, when they use them and also increasingly as they move between them, because we know that can be um, uh, that's important to people and it can be where sometimes quality issues can emerge as people move between services. Uh, our second area of focus is, is what we're calling smarter regulation, which is about us being more dynamic and flexible, being able to give more up-to-date information to people um, and also for, I think, for both the public and providers, making it easier for them to work with us and being proportionate in everything that we're asking of, of providers. Uh, our next theme is about safety through learning. So we want to think about how we can regulate for stronger safety cultures across health and care. Um, we know that 
when uh, when providers have a have a culture that emphasizes learning from when things go wrong as well as things that work well, that results in safer care. And so we want to prioritize that learning and improvement um, and develop some some new collaborations to help us do that. And then and then finally, accelerating improvement, as I said, really is one of the most important things to all of us is that we're regulating in a way that drives that positive change in services um, and positive change that the people who use services then experience. So we want to make sure that we can enable access to support that improvement across health and care and indeed across local systems as a whole and increasingly we know that the providers are thinking about how they're working within that system to drive improvement. So working across um, those four themes, those are those are really the areas that that we hope to make the biggest difference um, to to make sure that we keep delivering our purpose as the health and care system changes. Thanks, Sarah. So, like personally for me, I'm really motivated by these ambitions and have been so excited to see how we've got people involved in helping shape what those ambitions look like. So I wonder now if Chris, you could talk a bit about how we shape the strategy and the role that uh, our providers and the public played. Sure. So the ambitions that Sarah outlined in, outlined in the strategy are formed from conversations we've had with people who use services and those involved in health and care over the last year. We wanted to ensure that the ambitions in the strategy give conf a confident voice to people using services, but also act as a beacon for providers in an increasingly complex environment so that they understood and could be driven towards what good looks like. To ensure this happened, we wanted to build a strategy from the ground up. It isn't easy during a pandemic, but I'm really proud of what the team have been able to achieve over the last year, working with in partnership with um, people who provide services, but also face to face with people who use services uh, appropriately socially distanced. These conversations have helped us reach over 40,000 people and they've, and they've helped each one of those has helped deliver, uh, develop our thinking over those thought, four themes that Sarah mentioned. I'm really proud of what we've been able to achieve. Great. Thanks, Chris. It, it, it's really important, I think, that um, we're able to talk about how valuable stakeholder feedback has been in shaping what we're going to be doing. Clearly, over um, the next year, we're going to be spending a lot of time getting our future facing regulatory model in place. And I wonder if, Amanda, you could talk to us about how we're going to be doing this. Yeah, sure, Amy. Um, there'll be a combination of things we'll be doing to to get the new model in place so I think the first of these is is building on some of the different ways that we did things during the COVID pandemic so we'll be looking at how we build on the more monitoring based approach that we took and how we can use that to help make sure that we're targeting our activity and our inspections where they're most needed. Also thinking about how do we develop the um, relations that we have with, with providers, which um, I think certainly during the emergency support framework that we rolled out, that kind of more regular contact with our inspectors was, was considered very helpful by, by providers. Um, also importantly, we need to balance the more monitoring based approach with what we learned from from Walton Hall and the importance of inspection in services where people are less able to speak up for themselves. 
So looking at the role of inspection, again, how we target that, where it's needed most, how we make sure that we are continuing to undertake on-site visits, to gather information, to understand the views of people who use services. That's something else that we'll be exploring in the development work. We'll also be obviously building on what people are familiar with. So the five key questions and the scope of what we look at through our existing key lines of inquiry, uh, that's a, a also part of the work that we'll be doing. Um, but also importantly, looking at how we start to do some things differently um, to build on the smarter regulation theme in the strategy. So, for example, looking at how we can make more consistent judgments uh, by introducing decision support tools like scoring, uh, also thinking differently about the way that we report our findings. And then um, last but not least, obviously um, an important part of how we are putting the future facing model in place is, is the kind of co-production and engagement that we'll be doing with providers and the public. So lots of testing and developing the detail over the next year with a view to starting to, to, to regulate differently from um, from April next year. Thanks, Amanda, and, and I'm sure that will be uh, really welcomed by providers who we know have been really keen to work with us in developing the detail of how we're going to go about this. Um, Chris, what else can we, um, what else can people expect from CQC over the next year? I think uh, Amanda's been quite comprehensive there, but I think some of the things that are really interesting in that is how we bring data and information together for providers to help them and support their change, but also for the public so that they understand what they could expect. I think there was something really interesting about how we work together differently as an organisation, how we form views of local areas by teams across CQC working together to help work in local hubs, understand how services are changing, not just individually, but collectively. And I think by doing that well, we'll be able to better respond to how services uh, change and adapt as a result of moving out of the, this phase of the pandemic. On a very practical level, I'm, I'm, I'll be delighted to see some changes to our website so that we, and the provider portal so we can make information more accessible to both the public and providers, again, to support their understanding of, of, of what we do and support their understanding of how to drive uh, change. And then lastly, I think the work that we'll do on safety and learning a learning environment i think there's a often in regulation there's a sense of uh, people taking action uh, against things that are unsafe and that will still be a key part of our, our role but i think it's really important to understand how we can how we can help organizations learn from what they've uh, learned from failure learn from success and that learning is an important part of our ambition as we move forward into the, ne the next phase of the strategy Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Amanda. And kind of building on that point, Chris, about learning as we go, as we move through the year, our future activities going to become clearer. Um, and we want to make sure that we are working in a way that is truly iterative um, and building those plans as we go. S Sarah, perhaps you could give us some highlights of um, what we might expect in future years and the way in which people might be involved in shaping that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We really do want to work in this way that is iterative um, that is involving people and making improvements as we go. It's a it's a hugely ambitious programme that we've talked through so far. 
So, I mean, let's take one area, the, um, you know, the insight services and the dashboards that we want to develop. That is something that over you know, far beyond just the first year, we'll continue updating, improving um, as we work with our partners. We get better at sharing data and we get access to, um, to, to more insights that we can provide to our inspectors and other colleagues. So that is something that we'll be continuing to iterate and test over the years. And um, also, I think our ability to regulate across the system um, will continue working on. So, you know, Chris talked about wanting to get in place our new ways of working internally around hubs, local networks and multidisciplinary teams that can collaborate across the system. But as, as we're putting that in place, we know that integrated care systems themselves will be getting established on a statutory footing across the country. So that is absolutely an area where we're already working closely with um, emerging ICSs and their leadership teams to understand uh, the best way that we'll be able to regulate and support improvement in those systems. That is something that we're going to need to continue to, to work on and develop. And I suppose one, one other area I'd pick out is we want to continue focusing on making it easier for people to connect with CQC. So Chris talked about the website, um, but we also want to do some work on our contact centre, making sure that that's as accessible as possible for people um, sharing their, either making queries or, or sharing their experiences with us, um, which is absolutely a critical part of this strategy is that we're able to gather the widest possible range of experiences of care um, from individuals and that we are much better at being um, responsive and letting people know how their feedback has been used within our regulation. Great, thanks Sarah. Um, Chris, is there anything that you want to add to that? No, I think that the, the, Sarah's picked out the key points. I suppose for me, this, this ability to have an ongoing dialogue with providers and people who use services about their services is, is critical, rather than just being about the act of inspection in a periodic sense. The ability to have that, that view, that always on view of quality and allow providers to shape what they're doing in response to that view, I think will be critical. And I think it'll be game changing in terms of the quality of service for people. Great, thanks. And Amanda, is there anything that you would like to add to that? Um, I think just that, I think the strategy gives us a really great opportunity to kind of stay, take a step back and, and look across how all of the different components of our regulation are working together. So, do we need to think differently, for example, about the way that we register providers um, and how that then has a flows through into how we assess them going forward? Lots of real opportunities here also to think about how the information that we have about providers links up with the information that we should have about uh, system level working and just really how we pull all of these things together to maximise our capacity to improve health and care. Um, Great. You might have already answered my question, Amanda, because I wanted to follow up by asking you what you're most excited about with the new strategy. So, yes, absolutely. I think it is, it is the way that we, that we can bring our regulation together in, in, in the future. Um, the thing that particularly excites me is the future ability to look across systems and think about the quality of care that people are receiving in the communities that they live in um, to suggest improvements for for that care uh, and also to look at how um, providers are working together to tackle health inequalities that's what really kind of excites me about about where we're heading with the strategy and and the next few years 
Great, thanks, Amanda. Sarah, can I ask you the same question? What are you most excited about? For me, it's also about improvement. And it's about how if we can really deliver all of our ambitions in this strategy, we will be able to make a really comprehensive offer to providers and systems to be able to reflect back to them what we know from what people have told us, from our whole range of regulatory activity. If we're able to pull all of that insight together and reflect it back to provider systems, and of course, people who use services as well, in a, in a way that allows them to really have that kind of deep understanding of, um, of areas for improvement, uh, and indeed being able to know where to look in the country for examples of improvement, I think, um, you know, I think that CQC as a regulator has a really important role to play um, in enabling that improvement. And, you know, ultimately, that's what I would hope to see as a result of the work we're doing with this strategy. Great. Thanks, Sarah. And finally, Chris, what most excites you about the strategy? There's two things for me. Uh, one is um, the, the fact that people's voice will be at the heart of an always on view of quality moving forward, which I think is critical. And as both um, Sarah and Amanda have said, I think the ability to understand how people receive services across their local area is critical. I think it will help determine what parts of the country are doing well at what things, and it will also earmark where there is inequality in the way that care is provided. And I think uh, uh, CQC having that view that goes across the country, looking at those range of services, I think will be critical to how we drive improvement moving forward. Great. Well, all it leaves me to do is say thank you, Amanda, Sarah and Chris, and thank you so much for joining us. You can find CQC's full strategy on our website and in the episode description. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of CQC Connect.